0: Hello, hello, wherever in this beautiful and dynamic world you're listening in from today. Welcome back to the Who Are You to Lead Anyway podcast for mastering skills to navigate leadership in life. Episode 12. If you have just found me and my work, in episode 10, I shared the top three areas where new leaders need support in 2023 from a conference that I attended. These three areas were leadership effectiveness, mental fitness, and connection and belonging. So if you're looking for five ways to increase effectiveness, you can find them in episode 10. If you're looking for tools to build mental fitness and change your life, tune into episode 11. Today's conversation is all about connection and belonging in the workplace context. Now I have coached a lot of clients on this and I'm really excited about this episode. So some of the thoughts, what I'm going to share with you today are (laughs) some of the thoughts based on my personal work experiences as a coach, supporting leaders at all levels in multiple organizations, what connection and belonging mean, and again, in a work context, how connection and belonging, belonging differ, and five ways for leaders to build both. So I'm imagining you actually right now heading out for a walk or being on your commute, which is just fun for me to think about. And those are the things that help me process my thoughts and experiences so that I can share them with you in these episodes. So when I'm going out on my walks, that's how I kind of do it. So I see you as the same. Of course I do. So as an entrepreneur, I spend my weeks coaching leaders virtually, which is amazing and wonderful. And there are a lot of benefits to that that I've created for myself by making that decision. And the reality is I am in my home 24/7 by myself (laughs) for the most part. And since my mind is always available, I spend a lot of time thinking, thinking and walking, thinking and running. You get the idea. So this is also why I feel I'm pretty practiced in my mental fitness and grounding techniques because I spend a lot of time in my head. So couple this with my working, my, my working situation with living in a small community where my husband and I have no family. Our closest family are three hours away. And other than that, our children are all over the world. We've in a global pandemic and connection and having a sense of belonging become incredibly important. As a result, we have had to make intentional decisions to create and cultivate connection, which feed our own sense of belonging. Now, as a human, we are wired for connection and we want to feel that we belong to something larger than ourselves. We want to connect with one another, our families, our friends, and our communities. We wanna feel connected with regard to our work, our contribution to the teams that we work with and the, organizing, the organization we choose to apply our effort and our work. Now, when I think about connection, my first thought is it takes two and it takes trust. A 2020, 20, sorry, <laughs> more tongue-tiedness, a 2022 report from Gallup A workplace consulting and global research company shows consistently that people who have a best friend at work are more engaged than those who do not. The data show that they're also more likely to innovate, to share ideas, to get more work done in less time, and report having more fun in the workplace. So I will link this article in the show notes because the specifics might be helpful given your your context. Now personally, I think to foster connection and belonging, it requires vulnerability, which isn't always easy and can come with an element of risk for us. So when we share who we are, or by default who we're not, and we're accepted, this is belonging. And when we express who we are and who we aren't with assurance and safety of being included and being able to participate in the processes within the workplace, This is trust. My belief is that trust is the linchpin. When people believe, when we believe that we can trust a leader enough to share who we are and our story with our leader, and the leader is able to come to the same place and have access to participate in opportunities and grow our skills and careers, be promoted, that is connection and belonging. And inclusion. What most often gets in the way are our thoughts and one of the ways that I work with clients is to explore their thoughts and feelings. Through this process they begin to see how specific thoughts are showing up in their relationships and how they'd rather think and feel about the relationship that they're creating, building, or wanting to have. So for context our thoughts produce feelings, our feelings generate actions, and our action create our results. So for an example, a recent client of mine new enroll at an organization only after two months wanted to quit. When we explored it, they believed within their being, I don't fit here. I don't fit in the team. I don't fit in the organization. So of course, this made them feel terrible. They were anxious. They felt disconnected, and they felt like they were on the outside. And so of course, when they're thinking this way, they didn't engage with others. They didn't share their ideas or speak up. Instead, they became quiet and they retreated, even in their seating choice, which contributed to the result of feeling disconnected. Through coaching, they could see that this wasn't true and, with some coaching, reframed it to, I'm excited to create connection in this new team and organization, which brought up positive feelings for them. And of course, they showed up from a completely different place and a completely different energy when they did this work. They brought a willingness to engage with the team. They sat closer in the the meetings, and they asked the leader, hey, do you mind if I lead an icebreaker and get to know the other members of the team? And of course, they didn't mind, and they did. It changed everything. So I wanted to share this quick story because our thoughts are incredibly powerful and what's often, although not always, in the way of connecting with someone else. Now the term connection in the workplace refers to the relationships, interactions, and sense of belonging that employees have with their colleagues, their superiors, the organization as a whole, and is incredibly important for creating a positive and productive work environment. Belonging in the workplace refers to the feeling of being accepted, valued, included, as a member of the team or organization regardless of background, identity, or experience. Again, who we are and who we are not. It's a sense of connection and community that fosters a positive environment and promotes well-being, both individually and as a collective. And we really do need more of that in the workplace. Connection and belonging differ insofar as connection refers to linking things together with a relatedness or a relationship. Belonging refers to the feelings or the emotional attachment of being part of something greater than oneself. From a workplace perspective, having these elements along with trust can foster feelings of security, support, fulfillment in individuals. And after the last few years of isolation, it's not surprising that this is in the top three areas where leaders need support. This is why I'm doing this podcast for you. (laughs) Now, in my experience, organizations with the most connected employees who feel a sense of belonging and have told me that are those with people-centric focus at the top. What do I mean by that and what do they do? So people-centric focus is they're really focused on their people. What do they do? Leaders who take time and set the intention to cultivate relatedness, connection, and belonging my experience, do four things. They connect the dots between the vision and the mission of the organization to the message they're giving. They connect how the message applies to employees at every level of the organization. And I'm not saying in incredible detail. I'm just saying, you know, there are connections that are made. And if you tell these stories and connect the stories, they can follow along. They answer questions for themselves of what is in it for our employees, for them to do this, to be on board with this. What will they be concerned about? And then they identify and respond to each of these things in the message, which does an interesting thing. It enables the employee to listen. Why? Because their concerns have been addressed. Rather than thinking, how does this impact me? So here's the thing about humans. We are concerned for the self. Once that's addressed, we're more open to hearing other things. Lastly, they have a clear call to action for employees versus letting them guess what's next or what do I need to do now? With a clear call to action, employees and leaders know exactly what to do, why they're doing it, how to help, and by when they need to do that. Connecting the dots is incredibly important because it's, uh, it allows employees to, be, to relate, it's very clear what they need to do, and it allows them to connect and make meaning of what is happening around them. So why is this important to you? Well, every human, of which you are one, is meaning-making and meaning-seeking. And if organizations do not create a compelling story for them, to be a part of. These humans, they'll create their own story, which is nothing but a missed opportunity in my opinion. And you probably know this because you've probably created stories yourself when you didn't know what was happening. So every employee of yours has a reason that they get out of bed and come to your team and your organization. And for you, taking time out of your day to understand why they do that can help you connect the dots unleash their potential and their discretionary effort. Now, what I'm not saying is finding out why someone getting out of bed and manipulating them. I'm not saying that. (laughs) What I am saying is take the time to find out why they chose you, why they chose your organization, and connect their why to the work that you do, to the work that your organization needs and wants them to do. Essentially, connect the dots for and with them. So to help you do this, I want to offer five strategies for leaders to build connection and belonging. The first is to communicate regularly and openly with every single member of your team, regardless if they're on site, remote or hybrid. You need to figure out a way to make sure you speak to everyone. Establish a routine and schedule that you can commit to on a consistent basis to communicate the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, (laughs) to the team. Now, I do have a quick caveat here because I hear it so often and I think it's just useful for you to hear because it is connected. Moving meetings, I understand. Moving them, that happens. But consistently moving them, consistently canceling them, devalues the meeting erodes trust and respect for the work and for you, if you're one of the leaders that is doing this. So I just wanna put that little tidbit in your, in your head to think about, because again, it's one of the things I hear most often and it just disengages and disconnects people from you and the message. Little tangent there, it's over. <laughs> Communicate honestly, openly and respectfully to every member of your team both individually and collectively. We can't assume that people will know. You have to be sure that you have spoken to them. Share what you can when you can with the team around what's happening in your organization. Consider what key information or insight from the senior leaders in my organization could be helpful in connecting the work they're doing to the bigger picture so that they're in the know versus guessing. Leaders, you also need to be willing to show vulnerability. This might mean sharing that you don't have or don't know the answer to something, which while can it be uncomfortable, it's okay. Nobody knows the answers to everything. That's just a thought that you have in your mind and it's not true. Not knowing and saying so can be a way to empower the team to find a solution together. As a leader, You'll also be able to, in situations where you can't share sensitive sense of information, because you will be in some of those, what might be helpful there is to use some I statements to express your thoughts and your feelings or views. So for an example, hey team, I feel the anxiety and uncertainty about the recent departure or the recent layoffs, and I can't share any personal details with you. So an effective tool here is to put yourself in their shoes or in their seat and have some empathy for what they might be feeling. And again, vulnerability to share what you can and what you can't. Be transparent about that. So the last point I have on communication is to begin to have an awareness of your nonverbal, your eye contact, your body language, your posture. If you want to learn more about this, I'm going to link up a fabulous book called What Everybody is Saying, written by an ex-FBI agent. It's a great book for all of us, but new leaders specifically. You are in a position of leadership and people are watching your behavior. Your team is watching. Your leaders are watching. And if you look and talk as though you don't respect your leaders, that has an effect on how your team views you as well. Now the second strategy is around creating opportunities for team members to get to know each other, which can be done a few different ways. You can do team building activities, group events, recognition or celebrations for good work. For example, you could create some space on your team agenda to begin with an icebreaker, like I mentioned earlier in this episode. Some quick exercise where everyone can participate, which is a vehicle for the team to share a little bit more about themselves. It can be as simple as asking, hey, in one word, what are you hoping to get from this meeting today? Or, depending on the context, what is one word that is describing how you're feeling right now? These are small, easy ways to cultivate common ground and connection. Your team might also benefit from creating a virtual water cooler space or for discussion and sharing, which can also look like maybe it's a coffee time or a virtual drinks after work. I created that at one of the last places I worked, and it was fun. So if you're feeling like you don't know what to do, here's the thing. Ask the team for their ideas, and while you do that, for you specifically, count to 10 while you wait. Trust me, it'll be great, and you'll get ideas. The third strategy is to encourage collaboration and teamwork. Set shared goals for the team and trust them to meet the goals by giving them the tools they need to do their work and the opportunity to ask you questions that they have or for what other support they might need from you. Create an inclusive space where everyone's ideas are seen, heard and acknowledged and valued by celebrating team success and individual contribution. Remember this is about knowing your people, and going beyond, hey, great job, team. (laughs) Be specific. How did they work well together? What did they accomplish beyond your expectations? And which team members saved the day? Because there's usually always one or two of those. Now, one of the best ways that I have found to foster collaboration and teamwork is to be collaborative and participate in it yourself. In other words, (laughs) lead by example so that they can see you doing the thing that you're asking them to do. Now, bring, this brings me to my fourth, which is strategy, um, strategy four, sorry, is to foster culture of inclusivity and respect. So I recently heard a CHRO speak about how they foster a culture of inclusivity and respect at Hilton, and something they said really stuck with me, and it seems so simple. They teach their staff how to welcome their guests guess how? By welcoming their staff. (laughs) Now for context, there are 159,000 employees worldwide and this is their model. When our team members feel welcome, they welcome our guests. Why is this important? As a human, our basic need of being seen, heard, and acknowledged isn't being met in the workplace. Imagine feeling welcome to come to work just like you are by your family when you come home. Creating a welcoming environment doesn't have to be complicated or hard. It can be as simple as greeting our employees, saying hello, good morning, or at a minimum nodding, nodding your head, just acknowledging them. I know this sounds incredibly simple, and I know many leaders who don't do it. And if they did, it would change everything for them and their employees and the way that they feel connected and belong in the workplace. So if by the end of this episode, you take nothing else with, with you, a greeting is a game changer. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so to be respected as a leader, we must first be respectful and holding ourselves accountable to the culture that you're creating builds belonging and inclusivity. As a leader, you have a responsibility to inform and educate yourself about the people on your team, both from a professional and a personal perspective, and a cultural perspective. This can be done by educating yourself with particular cultures which are re- represented on your team or linked to your team in some way. You can grow your awareness also by spending time with them during one-on-ones, being curious about, and getting to know them as an, as an individual, as a human, and in addition to the work that they do. When you create a trusted safe space Both of you will learn a lot and build more than connection, I promise. So the last strategy I have is to provide opportunities for personal and professional growth. So before I get into this one, there's something that I want to highlight here that I feel is just so much key for growth, which is to check in and see if the employees you have enjoy the work they're they're doing and confirm that they know why they're doing it. This might mean you have to ask (laughs) and ask anyway. It can create such a wonderful dialogue of connection and help you understand why they're there, what they need from you. Your organization likely has a training and development program, so I invite you to find out what they are and offer them to your team members. So it could be that your people, people person can come and do a team building session with you, for you around this, that can be really useful. You can also give meaningful work and challenging assignments to your staff, which are aligned with their skill sets. This makes me think about, uh, I think it was episode 10, that I referred to a skill and will matrix. So if you're unsure how to do that, feel free to go back to that episode and listen. I also provided a resource there that you can use. This is important as well as ensuring everyone on the team has an opportunity to grow. Right? So just understanding their skills, leveraging them where you can, and getting the work done as a collective. Now, you can also create opportunities for things like cross-training, job shadowing. Now, a quick story here about a transportation company I used to work for, and I'll keep it short. Let's just say the drivers and the dock workers each had a different perspective, and putting them together for a day in the life for each of them created and built a lot of respect and they each learned a lot about how to be each other's customer. This kind of opportunity is all around us, regardless of our industries, our organizations. And this is a segue to co-creating clear career paths and providing opportunities to advance within the team or the organization, and another area your people team might be helpful to tap into. Overall, as a leader, You have to be intentional in fostering continuous learning environments. And when you do that, opportunities will present themselves from your team. They'll just bring it up for you. So as I begin to wrap up this episode, I want to share a quote from Brene Brown, one of my favorite people on the planet. Not even kidding. (laughs) American professor, lecturer, author, and podcast host. Brene says, Connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. Connection and belonging are fundamental human needs and when we cultivate that contributes to our overall well-being and happiness in the workplace and in life. Who couldn't use more of that regardless of where you are in the world and the work that you do? So I want to offer you two questions to reflect on. The first is, where are you avoiding connection and belonging? And the second is, what would you, what would change if you stopped avoiding it? So as always, I would love to hear your takeaways from any episode, from this episode. I do hope it was helpful to you. And until next week, take care of yourselves and your team. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening. Your feedback is a gift. Please rate and review with your honest opinion. Subscribe and share with your colleagues, especially if you've worked with me and found value in the work we've done together. Connect with me in my favorite places, LinkedIn and Instagram. My website is Cynthia Jamison Coach, all lowercase, all one word.ca. Until next time, make it a great week.